0: This is WNXS News, with your anchors, Kit Harding, E. ISO on sports, and Diz, on product forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your Nexus for Magic News. I'm Jank E.
1: And I'm Kit Harding.
0: Thank you for joining us.
1: It has been a while.
0: Well, you know, sometimes life happens, you know how it is.
1: Yes, that's what happens when you piss off the Mana Vortex.
0: So, the Mana Vortex not only hurt my hand and prevented me from typing for several days, but caused other personal crises over the last few weeks?
1: The Mana Vortex is cunning and works in mysterious ways. But as we are back, our top story this time... Magic 30 is officially over, and the event organizers managed to keep one thing consistent throughout its full build-up and execution.
0: Ooh, let me guess. It was the community complaining and expressing concerns. How'd you know? Uh, let's call it an educated guess. After all, I have been playing this game for almost half my life now.
1: Wow, you love to show off your pursuit of your degree.
0: Not that kind of educated, Kit.
1: Ooh, you're the street smart one.
0: If that means the one who's been playing it longer and getting out more, sure. Anyway.
1: Listeners over the last two or three months will have heard us report on the community distaste for specific aspects of the Magic 30 events.
0: Some of these aspects were cost of entry, lack of support for the cosplay contest, and the cost of many of the special or promotional products. These were still amongst the common complaints of those who were able to attend. But there were new issues
1: presented as well. The other events this year had had multiple check-in lines, each one able to give badges, lanyards, and vaccine checks where applicable.
0: Uh, Richmond specifically was like that for sure.
1: Exactly. On the flip side. Magic 30 had one line for each of these steps, leading to longer wait times and backup.
0: When the cost of tickets that included the command zone access was announced, many players spoke out about how they were priced out of it. And, let's face it, at those prices, it wasn't exactly shocking that so many were in that situation.
1: Is shock even playable in the commander format?
0: I mean, it's legal, but playable? Not really? Unless you listen to Shivam's opinion that all cards are playable in EDH.
1: So that means I have to get around to building a deck at some point, doesn't it, in order to test this idea. (laughs) But you were saying?
0: Attendees had some difficulty finding a place to play EDH on day one of the event, and not just because they didn't buy the command zone pass. There was actually just little to no casual play space set aside.
1: Clearly, it is a cunning plan to attempt to force people to pay the prices instead of playing casually. Instead, there were outdoor picnic tables that a large group of players found and settled at in order to play the format they love without a price tag attached. Outside of their decks, of course.
0: What made this even more absurd for those players was that the command zone was nigh empty during that first day.
1: Cunning plan, as I said.
0: The foolproof plan forgot one detail.
1: Well, it is quite hard to come up with a cunning plan that is sufficiently cunning for this sort of thing.
0: <clears throat> Not everything that goes wrong is a result of some grand multiversal conspiracy.
1: Well, I didn't suggest it was multiversal. To be fair to the event, this problem was addressed the next day, with a good portion of the reserved seating being opened up for casual play. So including that with the prize pool adjustment for the cosplay contest, that's tool resolved issues. However, the seating in the command zone wasn't the last problem involving those two words.
0: The seating?
1: Actually, yes. Despite the event also hosting this year's Magic World Championship, the results of which ISA will be bringing you in just a bit, the tournament itself seemed almost an afterthought to the organizers. This showed itself most prominently via the lack of seating For any who wished to view the championship, despite rows and rows of chairs available to watch the Game Nights live event. All that was available for that grouping was a TV with no sound.
0: And that wasn't resolved at all. But we don't want to make you think that the event was all downside. We don't? No, Kit, we don't. There were actually plenty of people who had a good time and enjoyed themselves, and we would be doing both them and our listeners a disservice if we didn't address that.
1: I mean, I suppose, but when was the last time we had a story start off this poorly that still had an upside left?
0: Touché, but I'm not complaining. You aren't? No, this is why I have you.
1: I don't complain. I merely see into reality at a higher level than you do.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, on to the highlights of the event. Most players seemed to simply enjoy the event atmosphere, citing that it was abuzz with excitement and carried a good old-fashioned convention feel.
1: Though hopefully without the legendarily notorious con crud. In the vein of convention feel, the panels were a huge hit, with excellent staging, a variety of programming, and a good space for any who wished to attend them.
0: I don't know about our listeners, but one big reason I go to Magic events is the vendor variety, of which Magic 30 seemed to be no exception. Per Daquan Watson on Twitter, there was a good balance of both larger and smaller companies, which helped provide a solid range of products, services, and pricing for everyone.
1: Another highlight came from the cosplay corner. Several of the larger names in that field, like Olivia Gobert Hicks and Tappy Toeclaws, were present and given much support by the event itself.
0: Which, quite frankly, is a huge change from magic events past. All in all, there were lessons to be learned from this event both by the attendees and by the organizers. Mostly the organizers.
1: It's almost like people need experience to organize a big event or something.
0: Which, really, they should have by this time.
1: It's possible they've run into a mind flare or something that's ripped the knowledge from their minds.
0: Kit, wrong IP.
1: Is it, though? Or is that what they want you to think?
0: Which they are you talking about?
1: You know, they. They say things. They hear things. They know things. They live in the shadows, watching your every move, waiting for a chance to strike.
0: Sure they do, Kit.
1: Next up, we'll swing over to Diz to hear about the mechanics going on with the Brothers' War before Jumpstart arrives. Diz?
2: Thank you, Kit. This set is things old and new, which happens to be perfect since it involves time travel. We talked about Melt before, and now we see two more returning features and one brand new. The newest mechanic is Prototype, an alternate casting mode for artifact creatures that allows you to play them for a cheaper cost with lower power and toughness while still retaining the same abilities.
0: Not only is it the newest mechanic, it's also the most ironically named. How so? Well, obviously, thanks to playtesting and design and further adjustments, this is the finished version of the ability, but they left the name as prototype.
1: I am going to unleash a Lotus Cobra on you. You won't know when, you won't know how, but it will happen.
0: You're going to unleash a creature that gives mana upon landfall and doesn't do anything else? It's
1: still a cobra. It has, you know, venom...
2: maybe you should try to be like our next mechanic and unearth some compassion.
1: I'll come for you too, Diz.
2: Understood. For listeners unfamiliar with it, Unearth is a recursion mechanic allowing players to pay a cost at sorcery speed and bring the creature back from the graveyard. At the end of the turn, that creature is exiled. The final returning mechanic is Power Stone Tokens, which we first saw in Dominaria United. There seems to be a lot of general confusion about the wording of these tokens, but the short version is they can be used for anything except casting non-artifact spells. So casting artifacts or paying costs to activate abilities of anything is on the table. Jank.
0: Thank you Diz. That takes us up to our first break, but when we return, new arena economy updates and a world championship breakdown. all you cool citizens of Innistrad. Times are hard right now, with the eternal night only just ending, and the permafrost finally thawing. Maybe you need something to chill your vibe instead of your hide, Well, Davriel Kane has the offer of a lifetime for you. Get down with the chill and contract the relaxation of your dreams with his latest jazz solo album. With a sound that reaches across the stars and soothes the moon itself, there's no better way to pass the now-shortening nights with those you love. If you want a preview of this album, the man with the plan of law will be live in person at the overgrown farmland Part of the region's restoration project this fortnight, oh yeah. Then over to the Rockfall Vale for a more intimate experience with his fans. Come on by and let the music of the space between the stars calm you down with the jazz machine.
1: next story. The arena economy has been the most contentious point involving the platform, and that includes digital-only cards and formats.
0: I mean, it makes sense. You can ignore a format you don't care about, much like a child. But you can't get around involvement in the arena economy if you want to play with anything remotely close to a top-tier decklist.
1: You ignore children you don't care about?
0: Doesn't everyone?
1: Of course not. It takes a village and all that.
0: Oh, that explains it. I don't live in a village, and I don't want to live in a village.
1: Because you don't feel the need to care about the people around you?
0: Anyway, the economy?
1: Yes. Wizards has taken steps to actually improve the economy for its users, and unlike their last attempt with the Mythic and Rare Bubbles, this time they actually seem to have had a good idea!
0: There are two stages that are included in this plan. The first is the option to simply buy rares and mythics, which is the number one thing people have been asking for since day one. You can buy four rares for $10 or four mythics for $20 with a maximum purchase of 10 of each bundle.
1: And at long last, through forests untold, over waterfalls unbounded, through terrain rough and smooth, through snow and ice and desert sun, an incentive for purchasing booster packs has come along. If you purchase ten boosters of a single set, you get one golden pack, which contains six rares with the chance of a mythic in any of the slots.
0: It does seem that you have to purchase specific sets, and the program shows that Brothers War is currently that set.
1: It's unclear whether or not the relevant set will change frequently, or if it will simply be the most recently released standard set, but we'll keep our eyes open and ready to update.
0: Our next story. The world championship has all <clears throat> the world championship has finally wrapped up, and the new competitive season has begun. So, before we get into the details and the nitty-gritty of the next batch of competitors, let's head over to ISO's corner and find out who won, who lost, and how easily. ISO? <laughs>
2: Thank you, Jank. It was a fierce weekend of competition, culminating with the final four best players facing off. Eli Cassis went into round one, playing Esper midrange against Nathan Stewart on Grixis midrange, followed by Jakub Tooth against Carl Sharap, both of whom played Esper midrange. Round two of the upper bracket was another mirror match with Eli against Jakub, leaving Nathan to battle his way up the ranks in the lower bracket against Carl. After winning that match, then the follow-up against Jakub, Nathan had managed to redeem his round one loss by earning his way up to the final round, creating a rematch. This time, it went in a different direction, with Nathan taking home the trophy and the title in a close 2-1 to matchup. The next major events on the docket are the Arena Open this weekend, featuring a mix of Brothers War Limited formats and the qualifier play-in on December 3rd. Kit. Get-
1: Thank you, ISO. Our next story is also based on Arena, with the fan-favorite format Gladiator making its return with a specific queue.
0: Until November 28th, you don't have to be in the Gladiator Discord server to try out the format, though you may still wish to join anyway. As a quick reminder, Gladiator is an Arena-specific format that...
1: fitting that Gladiator should be in the Arena
0: Just as long as we're not in ancient Rome.
1: Or seeing Garth One-Eye.
0: I thought we were pretending all those books didn't exist for continuity purposes.
1: I'm waiting for someone to decide to turn them into a drinking game Eye of Argon style.
0: That is a horrifying thought.
1: Potentially entertaining, though. Anyway, Gladiator is an arena-specific format that is singleton and has access to just about every card on the platform. It was partially created by Ben Wheeler of Loading Ready Run fame and has taken off like wildfire.
0: Wheeler is very good at promoting his favorite formats, and this is one of, if not the single best example of him doing so.
1: It is indeed. That brings us to our second break, and when we return, information about charity events, new and old, and more.
0: They're here, among us. Everywhere you look, everyone you meet, to be one of them. You may have seen your village, your family, your friends taken by them, killed, or even turned. That's why we need you with a new coalition. Come serve under Dominaria's greatest living heroes. Do guerrilla warfare with Radha. Do field battles with Danatha herself. Join the Spell Corps and help keep the fires burning for us. Burn the enemies to ashes. The Phyrexians tried to defeat us centuries ago, but they will not win. They didn't win then, and they will not win now. Join the new coalition. Find us at Penalia. Welcome back. Our next story is not directly magic related, but it is magic adjacent. We recently saw the popular charity stream Desert Bus for Hope wrap up their 16th year, founded by Loading Ready Run.
1: And what a year it was! For the third straight year, the charity based on the world's worst video game raised over a million dollars for the Child's Play charity. This was the second highest year on record, raising over 1.1 million dollars. Bringing the lifetime total for the stream to over $9 million.
0: We wish the Desert Bus team a very hearty congratulations and hope they are recovering well from their efforts. And now, our final story of the night. On December 10th, there will be a charity streamathon to benefit a children's home in Oxford, North Carolina. This home is actually physically near to me, uh, and it is a great resource for a lot of youth who are in. Shall we say, troubled situations of all sorts? It is 100% donation funded with no government funding, either state or federal. So, events like this, other impetus, or large donations are critical to their survival and their ability to actually provide shelter, safety, and security for the kids.
1: The Streamathon will feature pods hosted by people like Beth, Queen of Cardboard. Dad jokes and cardboard and the filthy casuals. More details can be found soon on Twitter. We hope, if Twitter still exists by then.
0: <laughs> I mean... oh man, does that mean we have to have a hot... Oh a hive mind joke. <clears throat> Finally, we will truly be a hive mind.
1: I've been telling you the Man of Vortex is trying to take over your mind for months.
0: Everything is fine. I am fine.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Next you're going to be telling me you're Lars Gerhardt or something. We are apparently referencing two very different things with everything as <laughs> well.
0: We are. Uh, I am referring to um, Temple of the Lava Bears. I'm, I'm going to repeat myself, though, um, and then you can just close up as necessary.
1: <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> okay, so we're not leaving in my letty, Letting Ready Run reference?
0: No, Temple of the Lava Bears was the reference. Was that the character's name?
1: No, no, Lars Ger- No, there's a loading ready run sketch called Everything is Fine. It's like their most famous sketch.
0: Oh, that's right. No, I was that is still fine as a loading ready run reference. Temple of the Lava Bears was a DD and d campaign run by Jare way back in the day because it was a joke based off of the uh, Commodore Hustle series. Um where it was uh-huh. just this really goofy, absurdly difficult D anD D campaign, uh-huh. and at one point, Jair gave uh, both Kathleen and I, don't even, I think James a slip of paper for a status condition, and he what he intended was for them to just be aware that they, that they hadn't been affected by any status, but he all he wrote is is you are fine or everything is fine over and over and over on the papers that he slipped them. So they thought that there was a condition where all they could say is everything's fine. Uh (laughs) But you know, that's fine. Uh, So I'll still just repeat myself and Uh say everything is fine one more time and then you can close out. Uh And I'll just leave that in after your Lars Gerhardt. Or Lars Gerhardt. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Everything is fine. I am fine.
1: That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time.
0: Same time, new news.